0: Thank you all for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, free and available where you find folks get your podcast. On today's episode, it's time to check in with one of my favorite people out there, Graham Couch. We talk everything from the latest transfer portal news. Not too great for Michigan State, but we make sense of it. And then we go to the hardwood to talk MSU basketball. And then, well, yeah, we just end talking about MSU Twitter, pick up hoops. Yeah, we go all over the place. It's a really fun conversation. Hope you guys enjoy it. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan fans, my favorite people in the whole wide world, how on earth are you doing on this beautiful Thursday? Or chilly Thursday, if you're, you know, up here in the state of Michigan like I am. Uh, thank you for listening to a, another episode of the Lockdown Spartans podcast. Your team every single day, as you already know, we do this Monday through Friday. Uh, we've had a pretty fun week so far. If you haven't listened to yesterday's episode with Bruce Feldman, uh, he riffs on Mel Tucker, the Brandon Jordan hiring, and all things Big Ten football too. In um, yesterday's show, if you want to listen to that one after this. Uh, because, yeah, this is a fun episode, too. we we got one of my favorite MSU minds out there, Lansing State Journal columnist Graham Couch, for the full episode today. But before we get to him, just need to take a quick second, ask you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. As you already know, this is the Locked on Spartans podcast. And if you ever want to reach out with a question, comment, concern, uh, we've gotten a few emails with some questions. Uh, Sorry, I have not gotten to them yet. I'll try to sneak them in tomorrow. If not, then sometime early next week. Uh, It's just been a busy week over here in the Locked on Spartans streets. So, uh, oh yeah, that's right. I guess I should give you the email. Locked On Spartans at gmail.com is the place to find me. All right, guys. Well, without further ado, let's get to our guy, Graham Couch. Unlike a four-star high schooler making a big announcement in the dead of January, this man has officially committed to joining this podcast. He's Lansing State Journal columnist, co-host of the Couch and Brew podcast, and also just straight up, one of my favorite MSU minds out there. He is Graham Couch. Graham, it's been a while, man. How are you doing? Thanks a lot for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I thought I had failed so badly last time that I wasn't getting the getting the invite again i could assure you that's uh not what happened and very clearly the listeners make that clear too because like i said before we started recording Graham couch episodes they're some of the best episodes out here uh, as far as numbers go and well my selfish personal enjoyment as well um well my mother my mother st-
1: tends to listen 40 or 50 times anytime i'm on so that that really <laughs> jukes the stats you know
0: thank goodness okay all right so so that's the person that's listening all right that's i just want to make that clear before going any further all right i'll just send her a nice letter after this um Graham, goes without saying, a lot has happened since the last time we talked. Uh, There's football, there's basketball, but let's start with the latest news out of East Lansing. The transfer portal giveth, the transfer portal taketh. Ma'a naoteote, maybe there's another syllable there, ote, he transfers. Okay, and I want to pick your brain on this because I, I got two quick thoughts. One, selfishly, I don't have to wrestle with pronouncing and botching his name. As a podcaster, that's great. What's not so great, though... Is that this is the top kid in the twenty twenty class. Uh, think he really could have done something here. And I think that this is like the first transfer, at least in my opinion, where you're really like, Oh crap, that actually kinda sucks. So take it from here, because I, I like I, I want a rational mind to to break this one down for us as a uh, sparring the country a bit over losing this promising athlete. Yeah, I mean I
1: requested he leave because his name was so difficult and I didn't want to deal with it, and so he good. You know, good. <laughs> no good. <laughs> no, <laughs> Look, I think this is something that people are just going to have to get used to. And it's going to be, it's the it's the hard part of the transfer portal. And the transfer portal for Michigan State football and, and its fans has been sort of all fun to this point. You know, the guys who have left have not been guys for the most part who are going to contribute a great deal or were at least um, guys who are front, you know, headliner potential guys. And they brought in, you know, some some good players and, and obviously one one great player, clearly, in Kenneth Walker. But the thing when you have the one-time transfer rule, that in a lot of ways, I I think a lot of kids are going to get places and they're going to look around, they're going to see if they like it, and it's almost going to be like a double recruitment. You're almost going to be always recruiting your players. That doesn't mean you always have to be nice to them, but they're going to have a chance to reevaluate, and a lot of them are. And I think the, the, the kids in in some ways that are going to be the best kids to recruit to recruit are the kids who have already transferred once because they don't have that one-time transfer left uh, in them. And, and, and look, I think it's, I think it's okay. I think you just have to sort of get used to it and there are going to be some, some gut punches, some kids you, 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 get attached to. And this is the, this is a little bit of the risk with the transfer portal. One of the things that makes college sports special is that is just how intense the love for alma mater and fandom is and how attached people get to players and they get them for, Sometimes four years, three years, you, you, and and there's sort of a, a a loyalty pact that seems to be there, even though it's it's uh, and and so I, I I just think this is going to be the 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 norm. Uh, it doesn't mean it's not going to mean anything negative necessarily about Michigan State's program. You're going to see kids leaving other programs. You're going to get some place if you're a kid, especially a kid from out of state, where it's two degrees out here all the yeah. time. And and he, it may just not be the fit you want. And the other thing is think about how much most of us grow between the ages of eighteen and twenty-two. And one of the things I always used to like about the graduate transfer rule, the transfer portal rule, I have some right now I have some some conflicting opinions on, but is that essentially you did what you came to school for, you you graduated, and now at an age where you're less likely to get duped or have anything um, you know, where you're really more likely to to think critically about uh, what you want and what's best for you, you get to make another choice, and I've always liked that. And so I, I, I do think that if a kid comes somewhere and they want something for whatever reason, something different, that this is this is this is only fair, and it doesn't necessarily say there's something fractured culturally or anything within the program. I, I think at linebacker, what, what makes this interesting is you, you. I've always wondered about this. You run a system right now that plays two. Yeah, and I think it's. I think it's gonna be hard to recruit kids. I think it's gonna be hard to keep kids at times because of that. And and but again, if you're only playing two, that's okay. You don't just don't need that many of them. You need good ones. I think it's gonna be hard to recruit the future Cal Hallidays of the world. Kids you probably wouldn't have recruited before. But kids who are three stars who are gonna wait, there's only two spots, and they're trying to recruit over that every year. And this is you know, when if you're a young player and you see two transfers coming in, um and you see Cal Halliday a young player firmly in one of those spots, I I I can see, you know, maybe you don't want to, you don't want to compete. I have no reason um, to think that that's necessarily it. He may have just said, it's cold. Um, I can go somewhere else or I want to, I want to be closer to family or whatever it is. Um, but nonetheless, I I think this is the beginning of what's going to be a, a regular thing. And it's going to, it's going to ding college sports in both sports. the The ability to, trust that a player who chose your school is going to still feel that way or at least be part of that school in two or three years is going to go away and that's that's i don't i don't think that's great
0: for the relationship between fans and schools totally and i'm glad you brought that weather thing up too because i like just jokingly threw it around to a group chat like this kid played in driving snow and wind against penn state and this southern california kid just said Never again. I'm like 90% joking there, but there might be something there. I think the bigger part, though, is that, yeah, two linebacker scheme. And you just got two linebackers in the portal. So, like, okay, this kid's already fighting an uphill battle going into the offseason. You add two kids, like, yeah, he's out of here. So, that's, yeah. the game is the game. I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Um, Next question is a super broad one. It's just one of the laziest questions, but I think it could get a good answer. What's the biggest storyline this off season? I mean, is it just the transfer portal as a whole? Is it a more specific position group they you have your eye on? Is it some completely different?
1: Yeah, no, I, it, it's a good question. Um, it, it, I think it is what this recruiting class winds up at. You know, where where it, and I'm talking transfers, freshmen, like where mm-hmm. it, where it winds up ranked, where how, um, and and how they fill certain positions. Like, I don't think they're done at running back, right? And and um and what they you know what it what it really looks like by June and uh, because I think there will be guys trickling in through the portal or obviously with February signing day and and what sort of kids they're able to get now that they've had this success and there's all this buzz and this vibe and and Mel Tucker is sort of a hot commodity like I I think there's a there's a there's the, the iron is hot right now and I think what you've seen two four stars already in the 2023 class what that class as that class starts to build I think it's the recruiting element of it and and sort of where that takes off from here and to what level they can get to right now Uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean translate to wins and losses next year like I think good things have happened to them in terms of next year's team that maybe were a little unexpected and that's Mm. obviously uh, you know Jaden Reed coming back I think that's uh, getting horseback on, on the offensive line. Maybe you need one less transfer or, or transfer or addition there. Um, I, I, you know, I, so there are things that have gone well already. The, the guys, Xavier Henderson coming back, Ronald Williams. But I don't think, and I think this is going to be a hard thing for fans. I don't think what happens next year um, should be, you know, if they go seven and five next year, which is very possible, mm-hmm. you, you can't judge that as the program's lost momentum. I agree, like people yeah. are going people are going to have to separate the build from how they finish next year because they had this 10 and 2 year which which create, you know which creates um or what they finish 11 and two, 11 and two. sorry um yes, it creates right. this yeah it creates this it was an unbelievable year they maximized who they were they got everything out of it that was not an 11 2 team by most i mean there were other teams that pound for pound were were as good as they were Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a, a, a superstar running back. They had a quarterback that developed. I think they. I think it's a good coaching staff. I think it's an offensive coordinator who's in sync with his quarterback. Um, I think they played as long as they could. A style of defense that allowed them to stay in games and were opportunistic. Those breaks don't always go your way, no matter how strong your culture. And so I think. I think that's. I think next year is going to be a test if things don't go. I mean, it's a tough schedule. If things don't go uh, as smoothly for people to keep thinking. The, you know, where Mel Tucker needs to start being really judged is years uh, four,
0: five, you know, when he's had three and, and, and four recruiting classes. And you are out of your mind if you think we are done talking with Graham Couch just yet. I just have to talk to you fine folks about Net Sweet before we get back to him. That's right, guys. This is it. It's the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, oh, no, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and much more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. And with NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. There's no wonder 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. So join the over 28,000 businesses already using NetSuite. And for the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com locked. Head to netsuite.com locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. One more time, ladies and gentlemen, that's netsuite.com locked. And before getting back to our guy, Graham Couch, just want to thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Right on. And actually, piggybacking off that schedule comment you just made, uh, something else that happened since we talked was that the Big Ten schedule was remixed, chopped up across the, the conference. And this is the last football question before switching over to the hardwood, but you were pretty vocal on Michigan's schedule. I was pretty vocal on Michigan's schedule. A lot of people are vocal on Michigan's schedule. And I will make this an MSU question. But for those that missed it, Yukon football has eight home games next year. Their non-conference is Colorado State, Hawaii, and the high school known as UConn. Like, it is a joke of a schedule. However, it also doesn't matter what we think because they get the luxury of having three bye games, essentially, to start their season. And at the end of the year... It doesn't matter who you played in the non-conference, right? It just matters what your record is. Like, you think Ohio State was jazz They played against Horgon this year, got to tack on another loss. So my question is this. Why don't all football teams, Michigan State included, just have Mickey Mouse schedules, like, in the non-conference? That seems to be beneficial in the comfortable playoff days, doesn't it? I, that's, that's how my right, team you
1: know, no No, I, I hate it. Now, you're talking to somebody who covered mid-major football for, you know, seven seasons, Mm -hmm. And in doing that, you see how the other half lives and how important home games are. And, you know, those schools would play five home games a year and coaches would get fired for going six and six. You think about that to me, 500 is your home games. That should be your baseline. So if you have eight home games, you know, eight and four should be 500. And if 500, if you think your coach should be fired at 500, then your coach should be fired at eight and four. If you've got eight home games. And if you play seven at seven, if you play five at five. A five and seven season, if you have five home games, is the same as an eight and four season. To me, if you have eight, eight home games, I hate it. I hate the intent of it. Now, I do understand that right now there are, you know, because there have been some because of COVID, there's been some finagling of schedules that you know you could wind up in a year where you didn't like in the Big Ten when they went to a nine game uh, conference slate, mm-hmm. which is tougher than a lot of places. That every other year you play five road games. Now at MSU, for example. Right now, if you look at the schedule, you think, well, they have eight home games next year. That's going to change. They will have five road conference games next year. In those years, I get playing all at home. Should you play a tougher schedule? Probably. But even Ohio State, which has eight and has Notre Dame on there, I don't care. You have eight. You're trying to skirt the system because you don't know how good somebody's going to be in a given year. I don't like it. I think it's unfair. I think two-thirds is too many. I understand it's just one more than seven. But you have to understand why seven existed. When it was 11 games, it was always six and five. And then we go to the add the 12th game and the big schools aren't going to go to six and six. And financially, that doesn't really work for the sport. But going to eight is just a bridge too far for me. I, I just and at some point they will get somebody will get punished for it. That's what needs to happen when somebody's you know, there's you're looking at two different schools and in, in, in a playoff or something. And somebody says, you know what, schedule wise, they didn't do it. And, and maybe that'll be Michigan next year. And maybe that'll be the lesson that, that needs to be learned.
0: And As we switch over to Hardwood here, I need your help in deciding if I'm actually serious about this take or not because I don't even know if I'm joking right now or not. But don't you kind of get the sense that Izzo somewhat enjoyed Saturday's loss against Northwestern? Like He gets to play the whole, hey, our team's fat and sassy card, which he gets to play every year. He gets to challenge his team's toughness in front of the media, in front of the public, and all that stuff. He gets to teach some life lessons after a really bad loss on Saturday. Am I – like? Make up my mind, Brad. Am I kidding about that, or like, do you think that a little bit of Izzo is okay? Not too upset with what happened Saturday.
1: <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't hate it, and I, I think that's partly. You know, he prefer to win, and he talked about that after the Minnesota game. Mm-hmm. But what the problem was, the message wasn't received after the Minnesota game. They got away with one, oh, yeah. and then they didn't. And then they showed up like they did against Northwestern. So something else had to happen, and it has. And you can, and 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 I think so. You know, I, I don't think he ever enjoys losing, but um, he enjoys his team getting what it deserves sometimes. And 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 um for a long time this year, for a couple months, this team was playing with an edge and playing with a purpose and 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 getting what it deserved on the on the right side of things and and then it wasn't playing maybe as well and it was still winning because of the schedule. So yeah, I don't I don't think he I don't think he minds at all.
0: And so right now Michigan State is kind of in flux, like they're depending on what poll you check, they're somewhere in, in the teens, right? Mid teens. But of course, started the year unranked, climbed all the way to the top ten. Now I'm gonna put you on the spot. You can only say if this team is closer to being an unranked team or closer to being a top ten team. What would you say Michigan State is closer to being right now? That's a really good question. Um,
1: Hot seat time. I mean, that's could, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I've also seen some of the other top ten teams that aren't always great either. So I mean, right. it's, it's one yeah. of those things where, and I've seen some unranked teams that could definitely and and have could beat Michigan State on a given day. Uh, you know, I think they're probably because I, I, I think they're probably close, um, t- closer to unranked, just if you did the math on it, probably around the 20th or something like that. Um, I've always thought they're potentially a sweet 16 team that has a chance to, to do more if they get the right matchups and they're playing well. And, um, you know, but, I, you know, I think there are things about them that are still promising. I, you know, if you listen to Marcus Bingham speak he is a totally different guy than he was in previous years. Like it's not his understanding. I mean, he, he talked yesterday at the, at the um, uh, press conference or the player availability, his ability to stand in front of people and, and answer questions analytically and explain and understand that what his role needs to be and not be upset with the coaches and not think it's their fault, that they don't understand it. Like he Marcus Bingham gets it. And that's key because he matters a ton. Like, there's a lot of you know people get really up in arms about the Joey Hauser situation. I mean, there's no. Yeah. I mean, look, it it, it 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 is what it is. I mean, Joey. How- I mean, look at look. what, I mean, no no fan base drives white players out of a program better than Michigan State. Joey Hauser, <laughs> uh, Foster, Kithier, like you know,
0: he just <laughs> that's that, that is correct. Actually, yeah. It, come to think of it, yeah. It, it's it's what it's what, it's what look. It, 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 I'm just
1: sort of kidding there, but it it it, it does seem to. I mean, people rode foster lawyer really hard and look, look at the success he's having now. He's playing at a different yep. level and, and there's some other reasons for that. Um mm-hmm. it wasn't a fit in Michigan State. It shouldn't have been a he, he shouldn't have been a priority of theirs. But with with Hauser certainly I you can you you can be angry at it um you know it it the decision to play, for example, him late in the game. But Tom Izzo has always played the long game with players. And yeah. that goes back Cassius Winston. I remember being at Iowa and Cassius Winston's sophomore year and watching him sit on the bench while Tum Tum Nairn lost them a game, thinking, "What the hell is he doing?" And right. you know, but he was trying to get Cassius Winston to a point of accountability that he eventually reached in his career. And you remember the last two years, obviously Cassius Winston had, and even later in that year. And I, and so I, I think with Bingham, when he you know he knows there's. It, you can talk about Marble or Hauser or whatever. They're not going anywhere with either one of those two guys in the game at the end most of the time. I think Marble's a nice player, but the guy who's a difference maker for them is Marcus Bingham. And he's their presence. He's their force. That, that's that's got to happen. So I still think they have that. I think there's still a higher ceiling in this team than maybe some other teams that are you know struggling with things just because they have a, a freshman who we don't know what steps he'll take in February. Uh, They have a a point guard who I think has got a natural feel, but he's got some confidence issues sometimes in Tyson Walker. And they've got a big man who's shown he can make a difference but has to play with an edge. And not every team has that. And I think the pieces fit okay. And and not every team has
0: all that working for it. If you had to give the gold medal to the top concern on this team, what would it be? Because for me, I think it is the point guard issue. Like Tyson Walker, fine player, but he has those inexplicable confidence issues. Maybe not inexplicable. I can understand playing point guard under Tom Izzo. Might be a little stressful, but also the guy behind him too, AJ Hogart, It's either he has a pretty good game or he has a oh boy, really bad game. So point guard is my first place for concern. Like, do you have a different one or do you kind of second that?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's you know it's whether they have an It's a, it's a good question because there are a number of fronts. I mean, I think the, the the center position and making Bingham being what he can be is is important. I think point guard is is certainly it, and and because they need for this team to be at its best. They need Tyson Walker at his best. His mm-hmm. best. I mean, there's just no. He's their best point guard. He has a feel for it that's different, um, and he has a lot of skills that we've sort of seen bits and pieces of, and um, and so they need him playing well. They need him feeling good about his game, and, and I do think he's a player that a year from now will be you know an all conference level point guard at, at MSU. And I, I've always looked at this as sort of a two year group. I think there's a decent chance that. Um, you know, both Marcus Bingham and um, uh, Gabe Brown are back next year, certainly Bingham. And, and so yes, when yeah. you start looking at that and, and now teams need to change a little bit year to year too. So that's, that's something to think mm-hmm. about. It's very hard to run it back and have the same edge and have, have success. But um, I, I think this is a, a team that a year from now, and I've always looked at it that way. You're, you're playing for to build towards something. It's a two year group. and. They had such success early that you start thinking, wait a sec, can they do something this year? And I still think they can if, if they play to their potential and the cards fall right and they get the right matchups on a given day. We've seen them play with really good teams.
0: And we've got more basketball talk with Graham Couch coming up in a hot second. But first, I just need to talk to you beautiful people about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag. Would like to wish you a happy New Year and a happy betting New Year as we continue our march through the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. With a new year and their new updated desktop and mobile website, go check it out. Sign up today and receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use that promo code Locked On. That's all one word, Locked On, to get that 50% welcome bonus. From football to basketball, to hockey, to boxing, to golf, to UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. online—it's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. That's BetOnline.ag where the game starts. And sadly, uh, Michigan State's door the Explorer start to the Big Ten play is over because we go to Wisconsin on Friday. We go to Illinois on Tuesday. Graham, can you just hold me and tell me everything's going to be okay? Or do you think MSU has a reckoning coming these next two games?
1: I think I think it's it's you know Izzo said it was perfect timing yesterday. I, I think it really is because you you okay. have to you need you need to learn your truth, sure. and 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 they did early on. They they played people. They played Baylor and they played Baylor really well for half. They played a good UConn team, you know, and, and beat them. They they played good teams and and um. And they've gone on the road, even if teams weren't great, and and done some things. I, but I, and Wisconsin, you, Wisconsin's a, a, a really good team. I mean, that's not just some bogus start they're off to. That's a really good basketball team. If you watch them play Northwestern on on, on Tuesday night, and and um, and that was the first time Northwestern had its students there. It was actually like a home crowd atmosphere in Northwestern or Wisconsin. Just got some grit and, and some things to it, and some talent. They've got enough talent and. But then Illinois is another, there's a different beast in assembly. And, and that's where you see like Marcus Bingham against Kofi Coburn. Like, does that, is he ready for that? Then Hunter Dickinson and a Michigan team that might be feeling better about itself by then. And so I think the, the this is, these are the, these are really good moments to get a sense of what this team is and, and how far away it is. And, um, I don't think anything's completely written in stone this week. I don't think they're going to contend for a Big Ten title anyway. We've seen teams later in the year put it all together than this. Mm-hmm. Um, but putting it together isn't their issue. What's their issue is is sort of this level of grit and want to and, and just edge. And if they don't have that in these next two games, they don't have to win these next two games, but if they don't have that in these next two games after what they just went through, then that's a character trait that they're probably not going to have and that's an
0: issue. No, I I totally agree. And speaking of character traits, uh, MSU Twitter has a toxic character trait sometimes after losses. One underlying storyline for Friday's game, 9 p.m. tip. This could be the second loss in a row. Drinks are going to be flowing for us, hand up, Twitter users. Do you think the fan base is ready for Friday night? Because I I think it could get ugly here on on the good old-fashioned internet, Graham. So, are you
1: as excited as I am? Well, it, it, it often <laughs> gets ugly on the <laughs> internet. Even people who are rational most of the times in most of their ways, it, it's it's you know you have to remember that uh, college basketball seasons are long, and one of the problems with college basketball oh, yeah. season is it is it follows football season, which is much more of a deserved reaction every week, right? There are only twelve of those games. Everything's it, it, it it's much more consequential. The college basketball season is different. It, 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 it's 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 um, it's it's a dialogue. It's a it's a you know with readers. I always think it is. It's a it's an ebbs and flow. You know there, you peak too early, you're in trouble. We've seen teams, Michigan State teams peak too early. Iowa made a career out of peaking too early for a long time. Like th- there are things like you know you don't want to be at your best in January or doesn't mean you don't want to be good. But um, I I actually think they're going to play well at Wisconsin. I don't know that they're going to win the game. I think it's a tough mm-hmm. tough spot. Um, but I think is, I think, I think MSU fans for the most part are educated enough to understand when a team plays hard and plays well and loses. And I think they're also, if, 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 if like this whole team was built around, Hey, they ought to win a big 10 title this year. I think there would be more reason for angst if they lose it that, you know, this team's going to be in the NCAA tournament. Uh, we'll see what kind of seed they can build for themselves. But you watch Purdue play. This team isn't as good as Purdue this year. That's not that. that that's not going to happen. And and they totally. they caught a break in the schedule. They don't play Purdue till the end. They play them once at home. That's a that's a good deal for them. Um, but it, yeah, I I think people are uh, what would become a problem for MSU fans is if the if they lose two and they're four and three in the Big Ten or five and three, and then three becomes four next week against Michigan at home. That's where. Um, it will become a bit of an issue, and but what are you going to do? It's been an issue before. Like I, I don't know how many times Izzo's lost it at this point, and or and what I mean is Izzo's lost his touch and should quit. I mean, if you read Twitter, it's, this is like the fifteenth year, not fifteenth year, maybe sixth or seventh year that it's yeah. time for a change. It's, it's, it's he's lost his touch. It's and there are things he doesn't. His staff. I mean, they're never going to be this offensive wizardry. Like that's not who they are. He's in the he's in the um, Hall of Fame for his defense. It's an incredible defense. I've had it broken down to me, the, the, kind of the gap-help defense they play. It's it's, it's something that uh, other players struggle to play against. Um, and, you know, at some point, five,
0: six years from now, people will get their wish and they'll have a new coach and we'll see if they like it, you know. <laughs> right on. So, yeah, you say, what, what are people going to do if they lose? I well, naturally, you just drink a few beers. You open up Twitter. You say some mean things, and you let it ruin your weekend because an 18 year old kid didn't make enough shots in the game you're watching. Yeah. That's how healthy adults deal with things, Graham. So, the has- I, I do wish I do wish Twitter, and you can obviously delete tweets, but I do wish Twitter had a
1: like, uh, any, like a 24 hour edit button. Where you wake up the next morning and you can edit your own tweet. It would show it edited, but you uh-huh. can say, "Ah, I'm a jerk. Didn't mean this." <laughs> Just sort of a quote tweet within the tweet, so it would would be all together, you know, and uh, maybe in a different color, and just try to save face a little bit, because it
0: it gets ugly sometimes. Sure, like give yourself a yellow card the the next morning when you wake up. That's that's not bad, because, yeah, I don't hate that. I'm not going to hate it next weekend, too, because for that Michigan game, I'm going to be in Chicago for my buddy's 30th birthday party, and I'm not legally responsible for anything that hits my Twitter (laughs) feed that day. That's going to be all bets are off. So, yeah, that Sunday morning... I, I could use that twenty four hour Reddit button. I, I can already assume, so yeah. Thirty, you know huh? All
1: down. downhill from there. That's getting old, I, man. That's I didn't I realize you're up there now. That, that realm. That's yeah. That's, um, my,
0: my reckoning uh, comes in May, but uh, this is my buddy's in, in January. So um, I hate it. I have a crisis uh, every other day because of it. So yeah. Thirty. It's twenty seven to thirty three is your athletic prime.
1: Enjoy it. Embrace it. I'm telling you, because <sighs> oh, god before, <laughs> I'm serious before 27 and I've learned this and pick up hoops and my, my body and game fell apart. The Rose bowl year when I was 34, it, it, I mean like I gained <laughs> a lot of weight that year and you know, and I never was able to take it off easily. And, uh, but 27 to 33, you're smart enough to understand the game you're playing. You're okay. you got enough upper body strength and you're still physically in a place where you can do it. 19 year old, uh, 19 year olds are just too stupid to know. I mean, it just, it is what it is. It's just, uh, I, I you know, I, I 27 to 33, I will stand by as your absolute athletic
0: prime, so embrace it. You know what? I kind of like that because I'm 29. I couldn't score in an, in an empty gym, but at least now I know the last two years, the key to the game is just me not shooting. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm always the assist leader. So I, I think there's something to that. It's being smart enough to not jack up a, a, a crap ton of threes here. So I'm on board <laughs> with that as well. Graham, I always love your knowledge, man, whether it be MSU or pick up hoops, man. That's what I'm talking about. Thanks a lot for, uh, for joining and yeah ho- hopefully we won't have such a big gap between visits uh that's that's, that's uh, the one who asked you to come on so thanks a lot for, for joining us. Well yeah, I'm happy
1: to do it and and I don't mean to admonish people for tweets too. I'm I'm kind of the the king of having a couple glasses of whiskey at midnight and firing off a couple oh. of tweets that the next morning I go ah dang. <laughs> ah, and my wife goes, Sam, sure Stay <laughs> off Twitter." And I'm like, "Ah." So, so I, I I get it. I get it. I, I know I know what it's like.
0: Yeah, no, totally. And I hope that people know that I'm also throwing my hand up and being the first accuser of everything I just said. So, yeah, if that didn't come through, I'm making sure it came through right now. So, Graham, thanks a ton, man. You're the man. Really hope you enjoy the rest of your week. And until next time, hey, keep keep on tweeting on, baby. Look forward to it. Thanks, Matt. And a massive, massive thank you to Graham Couch for lending some of his time, actually a lot of his time, to do a full show with us today. Uh, super awesome to just you know, always pick his brain about anything Michigan State, or in some cases, uh, Twitter uh, makes it a little pickup basketball in there too. Uh, the crisis of turning 30 years old. Yeah, we r- really touched a lot of bases there. And I'm glad we did because it's always fun talking with our guy Graham Couch. So go check out his work, of course, the Couch and Room podcast, and also Lansing State Journal. Alright guys, on tomorrow's show, oh yeah, that's right, we will be talking about that game that Graham and I were talking about a little bit, the Wisconsin game, going on tomorrow night. But we're going to have another guest on, yes, uh, old friend, Solja of SpartanHoops.com. He will be helping us break down Friday's game and just talking about Michigan State basketball in general, so that will be a fun one as well. Alright guys, well thank you so much for making Locked on Spartans your first listen every single day. Now go make Locked on Bets that second listen. That's right, Locked on Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. It's Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, free and available on all platforms. All right, gang. Love you all. Go Green.